What is going on? Welcome into the Sharp Angle Podcast. Thanks for joining us on a Friday. How's your week? Are you ready for the weekend? Are you ready just to get to Saturday? we got a lot going on this weekend. Some games, some action. Of course, tune in uh, Saturday, Sunday morning for the quick picks. But we're just about over a, uh, a week away from the Super Bowl. So uh, on today's show, we're going to start to dive into the Super Bowl, start to look at a, a few things, a few approaches, some tips, some uh, things to be aware of when handicapping the Super Bowl and when betting the Super Bowl, because there's no other sporting event like it. There are so many different kinds of bets that you can make, everything from what color will the Gatorade be at the end of the game, how long will the National Anthem be, what will the coin toss land, you can bet on Pretty much anything in the Super Bowl. So what we'll do is start to start to uh, examine some of the bets you can make, start to give some advice about ways to approach the Super Bowl, and then next week, I'm not sure if we're going to wait until Friday. We may just do a Super Bowl special sometime in the middle of the week, so stay tuned. Give us a follow on Twitter at SharpAnglePod if you aren't already. But uh, yeah, next week we'll give our final picks for the game, give all of our final bets. We'll do kind of a Super Bowl uh, extravaganza, but uh, we'll introduce the ideas that will make you successful betting the Super Bowl and then try to let you guys know what to avoid. So let's first off look at where this line opened up because there was some early movement on the 24th. And yes, the 24th was last Sunday, right? These lines... They're called look-ahead lines, open up early, sometimes a week early, sometimes two weeks early. And what a couple of sports books chose to do was open the Super Bowl lines on Sunday morning of last week before either championship game had, be play- had been played. And the line that opened up on 8.30 Sunday morning, again, long before any games had been played last weekend, the opening line for this game, Tampa Bay, Kansas City, was a pick'em. Now, uh, Tampa Bay was slightly favored on the pick'em, minus 123. Okay, so Tampa Bay actually opened up a slight favorite. That was a unique number. That was only available at Pinnacle. But remember, we've talked about this before on the podcast. Not every sports book offers opening lines. Very few offer opening lines. And then they take action, move based on action, and then all the other retail sports books in the country, which is most of them, present that number to their customers. So opening lines really aren't available for most people unless you're shopping at a market-making book. So Pinnacle opened up 8.30 on Sunday, pick them. What's interesting is Five Dimes, who they offer opening lines in football, NFL, they opened up about an hour later, Kansas City, minus two and a half. Okay, and actually, I do want to correct myself. I was reading it uh, backwards. Pinnacle did open up Kansas City, minus 123, not Tampa Bay. So Kansas City was the early favorite, minus 123, at the pick'em. So just slight lean uh, towards Kansas City, minus 123. But five times opened up Kansas City, minus two and a half, minus 110. So that was all within the course of about an hour on Sunday morning before any games have been played. So you could argue, was the opening line a pick or was it two and a half? You're going to hear both. The truth is it was honestly, if you look at the time these came out, it was a pick 
that that was technically the opening line. But five dimes shortly after Pinnacle off for two and a half, and then Pinnacle didn't move off of a pick'em until midday on Sunday. You know, they took some action. I at uh, and and I have all this information. Obviously, they took some action at about eleven a.m. on Sunday morning. Pinnacle did with the Chiefs minus one twenty three at a pick'em. So there were a lot of people betting. Uh, both sides. Actually, it was a lot of early money was on Kansas City, but a lot of people have Kansas City minus two and a half, minus two, pick them. Uh, five dimes did drop down to two, by the way, for a little bit on Sunday morning. Then here's what happened. During the championship games on Sunday, things started to take shape. First game was Tampa Bay-Green Bay. Remember? Tampa Bay gets the win. What happened right when that game ended? Bet online, Caesars, they opened up. What they open up? Three. Kansas City minus three. Then what happened was Kansas City starts beating Buffalo. During the during the Kansas City Buffalo game, Kansas City moves up to a three and a half point favorite. And then that game ends, the line readjusts to three around where we sit today. Kansas City minus three, minus one twenty. So I just kind of wanted to, to to go into that because it's important to know how lines open, how lines move, and you are going to hear some misinformation about the line opening at three or two and a half, things like that. So that was the opening story of the line movement. It currently sits Kansas City minus three, minus 120. Uh, my line, where I have it, my starting line, is Kansas City minus two and a half. So not that different than the normal line. And by the way, a couple things about the, the, this line and money during the Super Bowl. Public money will matter this game. Public money usually doesn't affect anything for the same reason we just talked about, that market-making books open up, they move based on professional action, and then the rest of the world gets the retail price. So it doesn't matter usually what side the public's on. The line's already moved. The, the, the damage has been done. But in the Super Bowl, with so much public money, this is one of the few times in the, in the sports calendar year where the public can actually affect the line. The only problem with that, this game and most Super Bowls, is that that three, that Kansas City minus three, minus 120, or whatever it closes at, it's just so tight. It's so efficient. It's so you know accurate. And if you're going to bet, we want to find lines that aren't accurate. By definition, you have a good bet when the line is incorrect. The Super Bowl rarely gets these things wrong. The over-under, the the spread, the main market bets are usually not wrong in the Super Bowl. So while I have a 2.8, market has it a little bit over 3, more 3.2, that's not that big of a difference. Nothing to bet right now. It's interesting to know my starting point, my power rankings, because you started at the minus 2.8. But really, where I think most people should look to make money during the Super Bowl is prop bets. I think it's great to diversify during the Super Bowl. Find different ways to bet this game aside from over-unders and spreads. But uh, let's talk quickly about the concept of middling. Because middling, and we have an entire podcast about it, just scroll on down. I think we did a concept Tuesday about it a month or two ago. And the idea with middling, uh, some people call it scalping, is buying both sides of a game to where you can buy... Uh, let's say it's a, an NBA game and you like the underdog before the game starts and you take them plus four. And during the game, the underdog is winning and you take the other team plus four. 
Well, what that does is you only are risking the VIG on one bet because you're guaranteed to win one, lose one. So worst case scenario, you're going to win a bet, lose a bet, and, and lose the, the VIG. But during those magical times where it lands in the middle, you now have won two bets. So if you're a, uh, a $100 better, you're risking $10 to win 200 every time you try and middle or scalp. And I, I promise you folks, this year, the sports books in, in the market are going to be terrified of professionals scalping and looking to middle this game because three is by far the most popular number in the NFL. More games land on three than any other number, and it's not even close. The next number is seven, and it is a huge difference. So games land three a lot, okay? And as we talked about earlier in the podcast, this line opened up at pick'em or two and a half, depending on where you shop. But the point is, no matter what, if it is a pick'em or two and a half, a lot of professionals out there who made some substantial bets early on last Sunday who have tickets for Kansas City minus two and a half in their pocket, they are dying for the market to go to three and a half so they can buy Tampa Bay and have now a Tampa Bay ticket for three and a half for plus three and a half and a Kansas City ticket for minus two and a half, hoping that game lands three and they make a fortune. And sportsbooks know about this. They are very aware of this concept, so they want to protect themselves. That's why you will likely see Kansas City stay at three and just keep getting juiced up to minus 120, minus 125. The reason that happens, you know, and this is a good kind of conceptual thing too, a lesson learner. The reason that happens in the market is because usually sports books are afraid to move on a certain number for any given reason or off of a certain number. In this case, it's off of three. So sometimes you'll see that you're like, why is this so such a weird number? Why is this team minus seven at minus 140? You know, because they don't want to move to seven and a half for the same reason of not wanting to get middled. So that's going to be interesting. I'm not guaranteeing that the line stays three and doesn't move to three and a half, but that would mean so much overwhelming money on Kansas City and the sports books, the sports books would be greatly exposed. Now, they still probably won't lose money. The sports books have lost twice the last, the last uh, 26 years. They put themselves in good positions. We know that about uh, Vegas and the sports book and the market. But still, they're aware of this concept, and it's going to be interesting. Does the market move to three and a half this week? Because that is the reason all these sports books are terrified to do so. Special thanks to Better Edge, Better Edge show sponsor. Uh, I'm telling you what, if you want a new place to start making bets, there's no better place online than Better Edge. I really mean it. And the reason is because you can bet VIG free. Now imagine that, betting without the VIG. The reason why sports betting is so difficult in the first place is because of the VIG. If there was no VIG, it would be net-net. Yeah, you're expecting an even outcome. Over the long run, you're not expected to lose any. You're not expected to win any. It's just for fun, right? Well, they start getting you when they charge the VIG. And as, we are, as we're going to talk about on today's show, a lot of the times, that VIG is hefty. That household gets really expensive. Well, if you can bet without the VIG, we all suddenly become betters where our expected outcome is not to lose any money. I promise you, there is no catch here. I tell my buddies this who bet, they're like, what's the catch? Vig free? Folks, there is no catch. The way Better Edge works is it acts like a stock exchange, right? Where one person's buying one end, you're buying the other end. There is no house in this situation. Better Edge simply, simply facilitates trades, 
I'm telling you what, whether you're a brand new better or you've been doing this for 20 years, I guarantee you will start making more money today. And you do that by losing more money, by losing less money, right? It's money management. It's simple. You bet without a vague immediately. Your expected outcome is even. So it's tremendous. I mean, I, th- I think this is going to be popular in the United States uh, very quickly. You know, they're the, as far as I'm concerned, they're the first, as far as I know, Better Edge is the first of their kind offering this kind of an exchange. But get signed up. You know, sign up today, betteredge.com. Uh, put in promo code SHARP. If you use promo code SHARP, you get a free $10 in your account with no rollover. So try it out. You get a free 10 bucks. See how it works. Put in a couple positions. See how you like it. See how you like betting VIG free. Start making more money today by using Better Edge online. B-E-T-T-O-R edge.com. Promo code SHARP. Okay, let's move on to household percentage. We talked about, uh, you know, you should make prop bets. You should look to make different kinds of bets and diversify during the Super Bowl. Well, what kind of bets should you look to make? You know, that's that's the next question. Okay, I want to diversify. How do I diversify? What kind of bets do I diversify with? And it's very important to calculate the household for every bet. We talked about this. I think it was this week, may have been last week, how to calculate the household. Go back, listen to that podcast. It's very important. Okay. And make sure you're doing that for all these prop bets. And what I would recommend when betting prop bets in the Super Bowl, stay away from multi-way markets and focus on bets where there's only one or two or only two options, the yes or the no. You know, bet things like uh, player over under on receiving yards or rushing yards or uh, receptions or things like that. How many, right? Bet yeses or nos. Don't bet. Uh, all these games where it's first, all these things where it has a lot of outcomes, like first touchdown score. Now, I know all the big payouts get people uh, excited about it. And and again, this is just for prime optimal money management. If you guys want to have some fun, make a, make, make a bet for the first touchdown, who cares? But you should know the math that goes in to these bets. And the sports books love when people bet on first touchdown. Why? It's not because people are inherently less likely to make money on that bet. It's that the house and the market price those bets so insanely expensive that if you look at the household, it actually becomes comical. Okay. So let's talk about the household in these bets. I quickly went and totaled up the household on DraftKings for the first touchdown score in the Super Bowl. Okay, now keep in mind, the average household for the average bet, minus 110 on each side, is 4.5%. Okay, the average household on an, on an average given bet is going to be between 4 and 5%, usually about 4.5%. Okay? The household on the DraftKings first to, to score a touchdown was 36.9%, almost 37% household. If there's a $100,000 bet on that prop, which there's going to be millions, okay? But if there's only $100,000, that means $360,000 is automatically staying with the house. If there's a $100,000 bet on an, uh, on the over-under, $4,500 are going to stay with the house. Okay, you see the difference there? And, and again, I may have misspoke. For the first one, if $100,000 a bet on the uh, multi-way market, market the, the touchdown score, 36900 would be guaranteed to the house, okay? 
4,000, 4,500 would be guaranteed to the house and an average bet. So you can see these households are, are outrageous. And why that matters is because when you have to not only beat the VIG and beat everyone else, you know, get the, get the, the bet right for the first touchdown score, it has to be priced evenly and fairly. And I see uh, Travis Kelsey was like, I think he was six to one or eight to one, something like that. Now let's just think about that here. Let me pull it up so I can get an accurate uh, price here. Um, yeah, it is six to one. My goodness. So Travis Kelsey six to one. Okay, let's walk through the logic of Travis Kelsey being priced six to one for the first touchdown. Okay. And I know a lot of people are going to like that. A lot of people are going to see Travis Kelsey, you bet 100, you win 600. Okay, but let's walk through the math. What should that be price? What's the fair price? Okay, so we can start with the first team to score. Right now, Kansas City is minus 125. Okay, so uh, minus 125 equals about 55.6%. So let's round up. Let's be conservative here and say uh, Kansas City scores 56% of the time. That means Tampa Bay scores 44% of the time. So already we're taking 44% of the touchdowns out of the equation because Travis Kelsey plays for the Chiefs. So if Kansas City's only going to score 56% of the time first, let's see how many touchdowns we can project Travis Kelsey to get out of those. Okay, so this year... Let's see some Chiefs stats. The Chiefs have scored 45 touchdowns and Travis Kelsey has 11 of them. That is rough. That's really close to 25%. Let's give Travis Kelsey a quarter of a touchdown this year, okay? That would be exactly 25%. Okay, so Travis Kelsey scores 25% of the time for Kansas City. Well, Kansas City is going to score the first touchdown 54% of the time. And Travis Kelsey is going to have a quarter of those touchdowns, 25% of those touchdowns. Meaning, Travis Kelsey is going to score first about 13.5% of the time. Okay. Uh, again, the equation for that is 0.44, or excuse me, 0.54 times uh, 0.25. Okay, so 13.5% of the time, Travis Kelsey is going to score first. Well, 13.5 in a percentage equals 641. So the fair price for Travis Kelsey is plus 641. And the market is charging plus 600. Now, you can maybe make an argument and say Travis Kelsey's more likely to score first in this game. Uh, Tampa Bay doesn't do great against tight ends. Travis Kelsey's scored more lately in the red zone. Whatever. For whatever reason, you start mitigating and chopping away. This is already greatly overvalued, right? It's plus 641. It should be, or excuse me, it's plus 600. It should be plus 641. So we have to find a way not only to get this line all the way down from 641 to 600, but past 600 if by definition we're going to have value when we make our bet. So again, that's just how you can walk through and see the math and the logic behind some of these prop bets. Multi-way markets, when you're betting on the MVP or the first touchdown score, things like that, they're fun. They have big payouts, but they're usually not smart bets in terms of actually making a profit or projecting a profit with those bets. Okay, uh, before we wrap things up today, a couple more notes here. First off, uh, make sure that you can bet no on all these prop bets. There are some prop bets where you can only bet the yes. Don't bet those. Make sure you can bet into both sides. By definition, those are usually more sucker bets. You want to see what they're charging. You can't see any tax if you don't see the other side of the bet. So 
Make sure that you're not betting into a line where there's only a yes or only a no offer. That's important. And then I've got a couple of prop bets here just to start talking about some props. I know these are more popular ones. I just got a couple notes here, some interesting things. Uh, the head tails prop, right? Which, what will land heads or tails? It's interesting. The more that people look into this, the more people study this, I've heard a couple interesting theories that these commemorative coins, the, the special coins that they use now during the Super Bowl, there's more material usually printed on the head side so theoretically heads is a little bit heavier and theoretically it would land on the bottom more often so i've heard that maybe if it's even money a pick them minus 101 would be a fair price for tails because again heads is heavier i'm not sure how much validity goes into that it's just kind of fun to talk about but overall the reason why there's still not a whole lot of value there is because it's minus 120 <laughs> you know uh there's a great book called then one day by a bookmaker in uh, vegas at the south point uh, chris andrews and he's you know grown up in the world of bookmaking and he's the one who invented the heads or tails line and yeah he said in the book he's like yeah i priced at 120 if you bet into a 120 line for heads or tails that's on you. And, you know, it's kind of funny because I agree. Maybe minus 101, we eh, you maybe have a bet there. But at 120, I highly doubt it. So if you're looking heads or tails, uh, just be careful. Or, you know, worst case, some people say go tails because the head's a little heavier. <laughs> and uh, the national anthem. I heard a great piece of information the other day. I think it was the Dan Patrick show. They said the national anthem, there's so much insider information. They're wondering if they should keep having it on the on the cards to bet now they're not taking it off this year and there's really no serious talk anytime future to anytime in the future to get rid of this bet but i did hear last year the national anthem performer when they were warming up so if you had access to hear them warming up they had it within two seconds of the time eight out of nine times they warmed up nine times eight of the times it was almost the exact same time so if you have access to these things you can really place some good bets and that's why we see these things move so heavily it's like how is the the color of gatorade moving so much on game day oh it's because there's inside out inside info out there and someone's betting on it so uh national anthem eight out of nine times last year in warm-ups it was pretty much on the second if you've got inside info you're going to do well on these prop bets all right, let's wrap things up. Let's get out of here today. Uh, I've got two best bets for the day, two bets for the Super Bowl, two prop bets. We've been talking Super Bowl props. It would only make sense to give a couple out before we wrap up on today. All right, bet number one. Again, these are both prop bets for the Super Bowl. I'm going to go first timeout. Tampa Bay. This is currently priced minus 110 on both sides, uh, implying, yeah, 50-50. Looks like, you know, who, who it's up in the air. But I think Tampa Bay has more reasons to call timeout. I think that if they're on defense, they see something from Kansas City. Kansas City goes forward on fourth down. One of these exotic looks. They don't want to get beat, beat deep. Then Tampa Bay is going to be quick to call that first half timeout. Also, newer, younger players for Tampa Bay on offense. They haven't been there before. Tom Brady's the only one. I could see some plays struggling to to get in you know tom brady's gonna be fine this is not a tom brady thing this is everyone else besides tom brady you know they just haven't been there before i see far more ways and reasons for tampa to call the first time out so at minus 110 i think it's a good bet and then uh total tampa bay field goals i'm gonna go over one and a half at minus 115 and I think both teams will have success driving at this game. Both Tampa and Kansas City will get the ball and move it, okay? I'm projecting about 20 possessions this game, 10 per team. I believe Tampa Bay 
moving the football, getting 10, 11 possessions, combined with Kansas City's defense, who has been much improved in the red zone over the last couple months, I think that that's the recipe for a couple field goals. Like I talked about with my earlier bet as well, Tampa Bay simply has more guys who haven't been there before, more nerves. So you could get a couple drop passes. Uh, Chris Godwin's exhibited that the last few weeks. You could get a couple things that don't go right for Tampa at the end of a drive leading to field goals. So we'll go Tampa Bay over one and a half field goals for uh, my second prop bet of the Super Bowl. Now stay tuned because next week we're going to have a Super Bowl special, a Super Bowl extravaganza, right? With picks, analysis, and, and... That'll give us a chance to see some of these lines shaping up, even out, see where we sit next week. So whatever you guys have going tonight, good luck. We'll talk to you tomorrow on the Sharp Angle Podcast.